Hello and welcome back to the latest edition of the OmniTalk Fast Five. It is February 28th, 2020, and we are coming to you, for those watching us on video, a little less high fidelity today, but we are coming to you live from the OmniTalk headquarters at Detail West. How you doing today, Ann? The Palm Springs edition. The Palm Springs edition. Carter and Emma are back in the frigid tundra of Minneapolis. It's holding just, it down. Yeah, just holding down the fort at Third House, and uh, it's just Ann and I today. It is, but I have to say, this is the first time I've been and in Palm Springs. And in me, Springs. excuse me, that was poor English. Oh, how dare you. I know, right? First time in Palm Springs. Yeah. I, I'm taken to this place. Are you taken to it? Why? I mean, it's beautiful here. The weather is amazing. We always start with the weather. We're turning into like a regular daily news we program We do, we right do. Now. Well, program. we have running water in the background, if you can hear it. Yes. You can, and you can probably, probably see it as well if you're cannot. watching. But uh, yeah, you've, it's just been the two of us all week. How you doing? This is our this is our seventh podcast. Is this our seventh podcast it's, this week? There's been a lot of content, but I don't know. I thought Etail was really cool. This was our both of our first <clears throat> time at Etail, and the conference did a good job. Um, it's a good size, and um, a lot of big names attending this conference. We had a lot of incredible interviews. The uh, C- co-founder and CEO of Third Love. Yeah, um, we had the CMO of Poshmark. Head of retail stores from ThreadUp. CMO of Poshmark was awesome. He's yeah. like one of my Steven all-time Tristan favorite guests. Young, yeah, you're, you're my man. He's a bomb. Yeah, yeah, I liked. Yeah. I liked yeah, it was a great. I liked it. It was a great conference. Great for us too, especially for what we do and getting to meet different people. What was your biggest takeaway? I was thinking about that today. Ooh. Somebody nailed it. Some some loyal fan actually nailed it for me, and I didn't know. And so I'm oh, excited man. to talk about you're that. But I'm me curious. On the spot. I wasn't. Expecting you want me to go first? That. Yeah, okay. go first. So I was kind of taken by the fact that. Um, I didn't know, like, I knew about ThreadUp and I knew about Poshmark, but just how strong and powerful and just how interesting of ideas those are, I had no idea, you know, like, until we sat down and we interviewed Heather Craig and we interviewed Steven from Poshmark, you know, the whole idea there in terms of fashion, social commerce, the resale market, and the subscriber that emailed me this morning, Susan, Susan Sheffield, she said, Chris, I loved your podcast. And the reason I really liked it was because... It put fashion in a different light, whereas she said she had just been to London on a trip and everything looked the same. And there's so much data out there that, you know, things are just converging to the middle, especially if you have like a rinse and repeat, you know, type model like brick and mortar retail. But with the resale market and social commerce and, you know, people being able to connect, that's another way for people to still establish their identity even on their own. So it's bringing back what fashion has always been about, Hmm. which maybe it lost its way. And I thought she really articulated that well in a manner that I had never seen before and kind of put a capstone on the conversations we were having all week, which for me was really elucidating. So Susan, thanks for that because it was meaningful to me to to read that this morning. Yeah, I think the resale, the whole resale it's not even trend anymore. I mean, it's just exploding. I think every with every interview that we did, everybody was talking about it in all of the sessions. Um, it's it's to me, it actually reminded me a little bit of grocery shop uh, when we were there, where it's it was ta- all talk about like scan and go and micro fulfillment. I feel like resale in the e commerce world is like that's the that's the it hot thing. And right. I heard a statistic the other day, like over three quarters of retailers within the next year will have a resale component to their business. Yeah, it's crazy. And then you put the social commerce angle on that too, especially with you know what Facebook's doing, what Instagram's doing, uh, even how Poshmark's approaching their business and many, many others. And you just, 
it's going to be really fun to watch. That's a great point. The comparison with grocery of like how are all of the industries and all the verticals across retail changing and what's going to affect each of them. It's going to be different. But yeah, maybe that's what we're starting to see on the fashion side. And just how they're automating that process or the steps that they're taking to make it simpler. It, I think it it had a lot of friction going into this market, which is why it kind of took a right. long time for the adoption to of that whole concept to kind of come through. But um, but yeah, there's so many things in place now that make that possible to do online and offline. Yeah. And generationally, things have changed and macroeconomically, things have changed. And, right. And things that people are concerned about have changed. But we've got a, we've still got an awesome show this week. So yes. there, were, there were a lot of great headlines. So just to tease the headlines, we've got some good stories from Walmart, a couple stories from Amazon, not surprising, but they're very, very big. One happens to include Shopify and Facebook, and then one, wait for it, around the latest Toys R Us concept that is breaking news. Late breaking news. Hopefully from OmniTalk, but stick around to the end for that one. And let's start by giving a shout out to our sponsors for the Fast Five. Our first sponsor is, of course, Trigo. Trigo is developing the most advanced AI and computer vision-based checkout-free system for the grocery industry. Using standard cameras and proprietary algorithms, Trigo converts real-sized stores, introducing a frictionless shopping experience. Together with Tesco, Trigo is currently piloting the world's largest checkout-free store. To learn more, you can visit www.trigo.tech. And also Insignia. Insignia is the leader in in-store and mobile marketing. It's forward-looking and nimble. Insignia pushes the boundaries for others to follow. With a suite of tactics, including signage, merchandising display, and mobile, Insignia is the right partner to attract new shoppers and to grow your business. Insignia, be discovered. And remember, last week, we talked about the exciting new competition that Insignia has out at Expo West next week. Yes, Insignia is holding a pitch slam competition. So if you are a new brand attending Expo West, you have until Friday and... Friday. Friday. When's the deadline? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. 5 p.m.? 5 p.m. Is that Pacific Standard Time? Yes. It is. Pacific Standard Time. That's your deadline if you're listening. So if you're a new brand attending the show, you have... Till 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time to enter Insignia's Pitch Slam competition. And if successful, five finalists will be chosen to enter the competition. And the winner, wait for it, the winner will receive $100,000 in free mobile advertising as well as, and this is the biggest selling point if you ask me, a OmniTalk Spotlight Series podcast interview with Ann and myself. What could be better? What's not to love about that? I mean, that? the $100,000 is fine, but I mean, you do get an Talks about like serious That's podcast. right. What if we signed up and we wanted ourselves and we, would we just, who would do the interview? Uh, That's like the flex capacitor back I don't to the future. Like, yeah. I don't know how you would I don't even know yeah, what we do. Our, that'd be our hard. past selves interview our future selves Yeah, the time-lapse continuum. Bill and Ted's out. It'll be yeah, great. that'd be tough. That'd be tough. All right, but we digress. We digress. All right. Let's start out with Walmart. So, I got to tell you, I give mad props to Walmart this week. We wrote an, we wrote, put an article in Forbes last week about how Walmart needed to do more than grocery. They needed to get innovative. And really, they needed to get innovative in terms of helping Americans chase the American dream, quite frankly. Absolutely. And what did they do? They did something awesome. They opened up new, basically, healthcare hubs. They're getting into healthcare. So there was a great story by our good friend, Matt Boyle at Bloomberg. Shout out to you, Matt. Hope you're listening. But basically, Walmart's going after the $3.6 trillion healthcare industry. Visitors to their Calhoun, Georgia Georgia store, as some would also say, can get a $30 medical checkup or a $25 teeth cleaning. 
Yes. Or even talk about their anxieties with a counselor for a dollar a minute. No insurance is required. You can just walk in. You can also book your appointments online. And if you need care afterwards, like say say you need something at the pharmacy, Walmart's right there. You need to pick up some food to eat healthier. You can also do that as well. So there's two current locations planned for Georgia, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, what do you think about this, Anne? I, I kind of love this. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's there's there's still I forget what the statistic was. I'm trying to find it on my phone, but there's still so many people, and I think it's like 30 million people in the country that don't have insurance. So to be able to go in and get, and this is like primary care. I think that's one of the key differentiators here with what Walmart's doing. This is not just like minute clinic stuff. This is an actual primary care doctor. You can have an appointment a for, and dentist. Yeah. yeah. I mean, open on Sundays too. I should have said that. Right. And mental health. Like right. I love, I love what this is doing. Full it actually, service. it reminded me a lot of, um, uh, when I was giving a talk earlier in this fall, yeah. we, I was thinking about what this also unlocks for the shopper. Like I had a, f- a picture, like just kind of joking around, like you're sitting there waiting for your strep test to come back. But while you're doing that, you're getting your like chicken noodle soup, you're getting your Gatorade, you're getting your cough drops and your like Sudafed and all the things you're doing that. And it's being picked for you while you're waiting for your strep test to come through. Like that's already a function of Walmart's app right now and so being able to do some of those things while you're you know at a doctor's appointment with your kids like yeah. that's amazing to be yeah able you're right to that's a great point there. like say you need a prescription and you have kids in tow or your kid's sick and right you know there it is it's ready you don't have to go drive to another you know pharmacy to make that happen yeah that's 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 it's pretty sweet it's pretty compelling it's also you also know the prices up front like what do you right. think about that whole angle like it's like the one medical experience where you go in and you actually know what you're going to pay before you get the work done instead of like waiting for that bill, you know, two or three weeks later. Yeah. Being able to just, you know, show up, pay cash, be done and not, yeah, not worrying about like, okay, what is, what does the insurance process? What are you going to end up paying? How far are you into your deductible? Like I think even people with insurance will be using this just because of the sheer convenience of it. So yeah, it's cool. It's like you see Walmart now taking kind of the flywheel approach, which is how does it use its massive scale and its massive power to reinvest in things or in services that are for just the good of everyone involved. And that will keep people coming back over and over again, even if maybe say it's not as big of a profit center as people would potentially like, but it keeps them stickier to the Walmart brand. Right. All right, Anne, you want to head to story number two? So story number two, I'm going to pull up on your computer. Yeah, we'll switch computers Um, here. Amazon announced... Actually, for the listeners, Chris announced at four o'clock in the morning two days ago. I did that. I got Am- so excited about this. I woke up out of bed. I don't know why. And I just think I knew it was coming. It happened. It did happen. That's what you said. Uh, so did. is that what I told you? I said, and it happened. Yes, oh my God. I was I'm like, such a dork. this is this is really important to get up at four o'clock in the morning Pacific <laughs> time for. Um, <laughs> Amazon opened their first full size Go style grocery store in Seattle this week um so there's how big is it Anne? how big is it it is 10,400 square feet it is a full-size cashierless grocery store um amazon go technology every item in the store is priced individually which is a very important part of 
both our conversation at 4.15 a.m. when I understood what the full concept was um, and for people to understand is there they are like the mechanics of how the store is actually working. So, yes, we um, debated eaches versus bulk for about half an hour. We talked about on bananas. Tuesday morning. Yeah, that was pretty funny. By the eaches. Uh, but yeah, they don't, you don't have to weigh anything in the store, right? You don't have to weigh anything. Everything's priced by the piece. They have a good assortment of grab-and-go, um, like the go stores do now, but then they also have your traditional grocery store items, everything from um you know donuts to bulk produce Mm -hmm. um to like the fresh misted uh like produce areas like the lettuce yeah right fresh herbs and those kinds of things reportedly yeah how how many skews and five thousand so ten thousand square feet and five thousand skews five thousand skews a combined um set of of skews from both amazon's own brands Mm -hmm. um you know you can get you can still get your gif or Gift peanut butter. Yeah, right. Just, that was awesome this week. <laughs> um, but all at plus plus some Whole Foods brands. So most of the produce is being sourced from their Whole, Su- Whole Foods um, resources. Nice. So I talked to two people, actually three people. I talked to three separate people that visited this store. And there are a lot of people poo-pooing this online. Yeah. And for those of you that are poo-pooing this online, I have one big word to say to you. Don't. Three people I talked to all went in and they were pretty blown away with just how well the store worked. Like yeah. it's a bigger checkout free experience. It now works at 10,000 square feet. It works across 5,000 items. Is it the full experience still? No, it is not. Do we know how it works for larger basket sizes? No, we do not. But it's the first store. It's been open like two days. So Amazon's only going to get better. Here's the important things to recognize here. We've been studying checkout free retail for a while. 10,000 square feet is big. In terms of the computer processing power that's required to run that store, that takes a hell of a computational load, and it's probably pretty darn expensive. And someone like Amazon is probably the only one that can afford that or is at least willing to take the investment on that because they're always playing the long game. The other thing is right now, from our understanding, 5,000 SKUs is probably the upper bound of what can be processed. Mm -hmm. So there's still more to come. There's still more to come to see how this merges with our third story, which is their other grocery concept that's debuting in California. But the fact is they're pushing the boundary as far as they can on how far this technology can go. And yet we don't have another freaking live example of this anywhere that I can think of open to the public. The closest one is probably 7-Eleven. Tesco's trying some things. Ahold's trying some things. We've got a few smaller nano stores, but no one is doing this at the same pace and scale as Amazon. So when is the retail industry going to get off their butt and realize we need to start experimenting with this because Amazon is pushing these boundaries and figuring out how to make it work? Yeah. I mean, the thing that baffles me is you still have people who are talking about like, well, there's shrink. There's problems in here. That almost drove me nuts. And I think like there was a story. I don't know if you saw it, but there was like a reporter that went into the store, went into the bathroom in the back, switched coats and tried to see if he could trick the system. And apparently he went to press two hours later and they only charged him for an avocado that he left out outside the bathroom. But I mean, it's figuring it out. It's I don't know. The shrink argument is is ridiculous to me too. Um, and in the speed at which they're going to still be able to learn and get better at this um, by this ten thousand square foot deployment is just unbelievable. Yeah, I don't get that argument at all because I don't understand how you have worse shrink with a controlled entry and exit, and then with all the cameras in the ceiling watching everything you do. Plus, people probably just aren't going to want to come in there too, which is the point. Some of the you know checkout free retail solutions have been making for years. So yeah, and again, to make that a reason for you not to experiment this with this, it's just I don't know. I just think it's silly. So I'm pumped. I'm, I'm excited. I can't wait to see. It. We actually we actually may need to go to Seattle too. Yes. Dallas is on our list, but we got to go to Seattle too. 
All right. The other thing that happened in Amazon news, this is also big, and it's something we've been predicting for some time now. But it appears that Amazon is going to open a micro-fulfillment center in their California stores. So reports are that Dematic will be responsible for the micro-fulfillment center on-site in about 7,200 square feet in the perimeter of the Amazon supermarket in California. That represents about 21% of the approximately 33,000 square feet of the total store. Now, we all know this. We've talked about it a lot. But the big, the big advantage here is with micro-fulfillment, it reduces your picking costs through automation by about 75%. At least that's what some experts are saying from, I think, I believe it's Jeffries, if I'm not mistaken. And we've talked about it with Takeoff. We've talked about it with Alert Innovation. There's also Auto Store out there. Lots of companies doing this. Now Amazon's doing it in their grocery store. Big win for Dematic. I mean, holy cow. They're, you know, company out of Michigan, they did a pilot with Meyer, right? Yeah, oh, Meyer's too long ago. Too, they're starting it, yeah. And now this is a huge get for them. Unbelievable. Um, hope, you know, hopefully for them it works out because this is going to scale like crazy, we know, obviously. Um, and every new, I mean, you have to assume now that we don't know about the checkout free side of this grocery store, but it's all electronic shelf labels. It's separating shopping from buying. You have right. this thing on site. So every new. Amazon grocery store that is built, you have to assume is going to have this type of technology in it. Right. So they can pick and pack faster and are closer to the customer from a last mile standpoint. Yeah. I mean, it. what was so funny to me when I was researching this story, I found this headline that somebody wrote that said, grocers urged to move with haste in automating online grocery fulfillment. Like, ah, uh, yeah, no shit. You better get, get your stuff together. Sorry, we're getting the explicit Sorry, rating. Um, but I mean- yeah. If you're not exploring this and you're in the grocery business, I don't know what to tell you anymore. Good luck. Yeah. I mean, we said this was going to explode three to four fold at the beginning of the year, but I mean, my God, now it's going to be like, I, the, the number of test implementations are going to be like, I don't know, probably 10 to 20 fold by the time this year. For over. sure. For sure. All right. This next story is pretty cool. So the next uh, story is Shopify is joining the Libra team at Facebook. Yeah. What's Libra? For those of you who don't know, Libra is uh, Facebook's own currency that they are trying to get past. It's still not officially uh, gone through, but... Um, the global digital cryptocurrency, right? Thank you. A global digital cryptocurrency. The current supporters um, in Facebook's Libra alliance are uh, people like Shopify, who just joined, yeah. PayU, Farfetch, Lyft, Spotify, Uber, and the like. Um, Basically, this is news because Shopify has over 1 million merchants in 175 countries. So for them to be able to have something like Libra that allows them to have transactions taking place between users with zero to very little or the ability to have transparent fees, um, instead of going with you know former companies that were on this like Visa and MasterCard, they backed out of this whole um, Libra team, which makes sense. I mean, right. PayPal there's, too. There's not a lot for them to get out of this anymore. So, um, big move by Shopify. You know, as we know, Shopify powers so many, um, both online and offline stores right now that that would be a huge, huge change for them. Well, and big move by Facebook too, right? To get somebody yes. with that type of commerce power potentially behind this, especially when you said like companies like PayPal and MasterCard have, have, have kind of taken their seat away. They've, basically come off this board of advisors or whatever it is that they're talking about. And, and you know, that's, 
you know, to think about, okay, what happens, what happens in a world which, like we just talked about in the beginning, social commerce powered by now a digital currency that Facebook is also in control of. What does that mean globally? What does that mean for governments? I mean, right. there are a whole host of things here. So to see somebody like Shopify actually say, hey, you know what? We're going to potentially invest in this or be a part of this. It's going to be one we have to watch pretty damn closely, oh, for I would sure. imagine. Oh, for sure. All right. Absolutely. Last story. We'll close this up here. This last story caught our eye. So on, you know, as Ian was joking on Tuesday, I woke up and, and was looking at. Uh, gro- I'm not joking. That was yeah, that no, was a real yeah, no, thing. No, it really happened. It really happened. But the other thing I did, I think it was on, it was either Monday or Tuesday night. I actually was just sh- scrolling through different people's uh, LinkedIn feeds because I just like to keep up to date on what they're all doing. And what I noticed was that Philip Rabb, I hope I'm saying that correctly, uh, the one of the founders of Beta. Yes. And most recently, the as his title is um, stated in the media, I went and checked this, the co-interim CEO of the new Toys R Us store. Who was the other interim CEO? Uh, Richard Berry, okay. if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, they opened, he was the co- interim co-CEO of these sure. two stores. They opened two stores over the holidays. It looks, according to LinkedIn, that he is no longer in that position. He exited that position in December. Hmm. The big question is, okay, what does that mean? I tried to get a clarification from both from Philip, from Toys R Us, from uh, Beta as well. N- I could not get any confirmation whether he had left that role. And I also could get, I could not get any confirmation uh, around any of what that could mean. So the big questions that I have... Yeah, what does it mean for you? Big questions I have are, okay, one, is he in the role? Two, if he's not in the role, what does that mean for the relationship with Beta? Is that still continuing forward? Mm-hmm. And also probably more importantly, what did it mean for the overall success of the concept over these past few months, especially in the holidays, and especially in the backdrop of the fact that most retailers like Walmart, Target, were not reporting particularly strong toy sales, right. although Amazon appeared to have done pretty well. So there's a lot we don't know here. We're going to continue to follow this story, but it's something we noticed. It's something we wanted to break for you because we know people care about that brand. We know people care about Toys R Us and how that product was brought to market in terms of the model and retail as a service through the con- in concert with Beta. Those are important things to watch. Because that model is often talked about as potentially, you know, being foundational. You hear retail as a service being foundational to retail overall, especially uh, when you look at smaller footprints and smaller stores inside mall type settings or even, you know, ground level retail. Yeah, it could be huge news. We'll keep everybody posted as we hear more from those teams. Yeah, hopefully more will develop here soon. All right. Well, that closes us up. Whew, what a week. What a week. What do you got planned for the weekend? Wild. Uh, well, we are we are taking a much needed break at Omnitalk with our our spouses. Uh, we're gonna stay out here in Palm Springs. No reason to go back to me. You guys are gonna force me to hike now. this weekend, aren't you? We're gonna we're gonna go to Joshua Tree. We're gonna have some like experiences that will change our lives. I hope we're gonna listen to some Pearl Jam on the way. It'll be amazing. Oh no, it's you too. You too. Yeah. You too. Jeez, that's the second time. Oh my I've done god, that. it's such yeah. an embarrassment for as big of a music buff as I am. I screwed that up twice. Yeah, I can't. Twice I, in one I can't believe weekend. you guys are dragging me to Joshua Tree. I guess it's fitting since we just interviewed the CEO of Moosejaw that now I have to go do some outdoor adventure. We're gonna do some so many outdoor things. We're gonna turn into the most outdoor adventurers ever. Will there be margaritas involved this weekend? Absolutely. Okay, then I'm in. I'm Every in. day. I think I can handle that. We've also got, I think when we get back to, I'm excited about taking a little break with Mr. and Mrs. Omni Talk, but yeah, I'm excited. We got a big march ahead of us too. So, yes. you know, if you're, 
If you're a loyal follower, we've got some really good content. We've got a few great companies lined up already uh, on the podcasting side. And then we head into Shop Talk in like three weeks. Yes. Uh, and we've got some great guests lined up there already. Let you know more about that here yeah. as the weeks go on. But yeah, this March, I think this March is going to be even busier than February. So if you liked our content, be ready for even more. Yeah, we're going to get our second wind this weekend. And then it's just, it's on. It's it, back at it's it. It's March Madness, but for retail. So is it on like Donkey Kong? I never said that. Can we actually and I wish you had it. Oh, really? I don't even know what that means, but whoever came up with that is great. <laughs> All right. On that note, as always, be careful out there. <laughs>